Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's devotional is, you must never be stupid enough to say or smart enough to admit you know what someone else is talking about. The moment you do, your learning stops. That is from Awo Asun Kanale. The ego encourages you to constantly prove yourself and what you already know. When you are in the presence of someone, you feel the need to impress. The ego's automatic response is, I know. When you are in the presence of someone, your ego thinks is smarter, richer, more experienced than you. Your ego tells you, I know what they are thinking about me. When you are in the presence of someone your ego believes is not as smart, rich, or experienced as you, I know is the way to cut them off. The moment you say I know, you are demonstrating that you don't know. You can learn something valuable from everyone in every situation. Friendly reminder, I am open and willing to learn. And with that being said, we are going to get into this week's podcast guest was, you know, we're going to switch up the intro, honey, because this is a great intro and bio. So this week's podcast guest is one of those people that ha- hates writing bios, and it's probably true to that he would have submitted this after the deadline, but it's okay because we're here. So I'm going to write it, so I'm going to write it for him. Anyway, he was a super skinny, sweet kid with a single goal in mind, becoming a dope-ass early 2000s recording artist. I'm talking about almost Usher-like choreography and runs for days, okay? However, he was born to Jamaican parents, so singing was not considered a real goal. College was. It was already bad enough that he was voted most likely to be gay by a family rumor mill. It's a good thing that he was smart. College was easy for him. Although not unlike every overprotected teenager turned know-it-all early 20-something-year-old, he rebelled, ran away, and managed to make it as far as Switzerland, chasing his music dream. After returning from his illustrious, <laughs> illustriously dry three-city European tour, singing covers really hit. His sister passed away. His long-term relationship ended, and he still had a good two-thirds of his mind, body, and spirit still left in the closet. He spent the next several years single as hell, but more, but more importantly, unpacking and getting to trust and love himself. As a result, in this shift, he's been able to discover his true purpose of learning and teaching through coaching and storytelling. Good thing he figured it out because he's gotten to do some pretty cool shit, including coming out in the Huffington Post, producing and starring on the hard-hitting YouTube talk show, The Grapevine TV, and hosting a new podcast show called No Days Off. He's also working on a self-love book for the millennial, which is pretty cool, but he feels it's more important that I tell you that he still thinks he sings better than he does anything else. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Donovan Thompson. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> it's so funny hearing you read that. <laughs> I could, wait, I was reading it, but I couldn't stop. I laughed at most because I was like, oh my God. That is so funny. I've never heard anyone read it before, but that was great. Yes. <laughs> you reading it with the personality and everything. Yes. Come through. I'm yes. so happy to be here. I'm so to have you. Thank you for having me. This I feel cool great. now. Oh, we start out with the good vibes and that quote at the beginning and the devotion. Oh, I love that. Come on. Beautiful, beautiful. So 
I usually like to start out the podcast and ask my guests, what is your deepest fear? Yes, yes. So mine has always been centered around being here and on earth and not fulfilling my greatest potential, whatever that is. You know what I mean? Like not impacting the world. Yeah. And not in a huge way, but in a unique way. Mm. And I think like it's been something that has followed me ever since I was a little kid. It was just like always like, at first it was like I was fearful that everyone who was going to find out who I actually was, mm. right? And then it turned into me loving myself, experiencing myself, taking care of myself, nurturing myself, and it became a really big fear of not continuing that process. Yeah. Of, be- of being stuck someplace and not actualizing that and helping people to actualize themselves. And it really is weird, yeah. but it makes me really, really fearful. Yeah, yeah, because at a point, you know, we read this in your bio, you were kind of stuck in between these two realities, right? Yeah. The one that you knew true to you yeah. and the one that you wanted other people to see you as. Mm-hmm. And so what was that process for you unpacking and really, mm-hmm. you know, leaning into that fear and overcoming it? Because, yeah. you know, you clearly have surpassed your own, you know, actualization just right yeah. now um, in your career and personal life. Yeah. How was that process for you? Talk wow. us through that. I think, like, the process was three major things that mm-hmm. happened. I would say the first thing was that a black woman, uh, my best friend to this day, her name is Donnie, and I met her in high school. And we were in metal shop. Mm-hmm. And I was humming, I was singing a song in metal shop. So I was like, <laughs> in the background and stuff. And she came up to me and she was like, is that you singing? And I was like, yeah, what the hell? You heard me? And she was like, yes, I heard you. You sound great. And we just became fast friends. And she was the first person that I ever told that I was gay. Okay. She was the first person that I like cried in front of about like some deep emotional shit. Mm. And she just let me be myself. First relationship that I ever had in my life like that. And it was just so unique that it was kind of like step one in the process of really fully accepting myself at certain moments. Like with Donnie, I could say how I felt. I could be myself. I could like tell her about my deep, dark secrets and no judgment flew back at me. Right. Nothing but love. So like, I think that that was like a head start. I almost feel like it was like a kickstart. It was like, you know, going back home, I would always say it was like a gray cloud. And you're from... So I'm from Brooklyn, but okay. my family is Jamaican. Right. And from places in the Caribbean. Yeah. But primarily Jamaican, and it's a very homophobic society. Okay. It's like, it's more so like, yo, when you're 14, people are like, yo, how many girlfriends do you have? You need a girlfriend, you know? <laughs> you need some girlfriends. And if you are gay, it's like, nah, it's not like, take them to the, shoot them out back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's that type of relationship with the way that, um, women are seen the way that femininity is seen the way that homosexuality yeah. is seen it's not it's not seen in a fantastic light right so going back home and always trying to bury that part of myself was a fearful experience yeah so Donnie kind of helped me with my first kind of one-two punch at fear because I had a safe space to be myself and then I would say the second thing that happened that was kind of major in my life was that my sister passed away mm-hmm and I got to see that up close and personal, watching her go from being perfectly fine to, like, 
dying from cancer. Mm. Very, 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 very transformative moment in my life to just have been in her presence during her transition and her teaching us essentially how to die gracefully mm. um, and, and managing it through and past fear. It was like a really magnificent experience. Um, at first it was terrifying. It was a detrimental, you know, this is going to ruin my life and blah, 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 blah. Right. And we moved through that to a place of complete understanding that death comes to teach you how to live. Yeah. And, and in that moment, I was like, yo, you have to live. You have to understand that the closer that you get to yourself, that's more of a real experience. Mm. That's reality. So when she died, she taught me how to live, and that was an amazing gift. So that was another gift from a black woman. She gave me the understanding that you're still here, so you get the opportunity to live. Don't take that for granted. Mm. And it made me accept myself even more. And following her death, I wrote an article in the uh, for Huffington Post that I was that we talked about in the bio. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, what it was like being like, you know, Jamaican or Caribbean and gay or whatever. And Somebody shared it. One of my old, my older sisters saw it. She hit me up. She was like, you should probably talk to your mother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let her know just in case mother. your grandmother, maybe just in case somebody else brings it right. up to them. And um, we had those conversations. And I would say moment by moment, having to have these conversations and hitting it, you know what I'm saying? Living it, experiencing myself mm. and the actual ramifications of being myself, the negativity, handling it like a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? like an adult, like handling the negativity and being able to take that negativity, repurpose it mm -hmm. and do what I need to do with it so that I can move on and move through with my life was an amazing, amazing experience at seeing fear, dealing with it, yeah, moving past it. So that was like the like the number two thing was like, you know, being able to like have that experience, yeah. experience with my sister. And then I would say like the latest thing that has happened is that understanding that I always like, oh, I'm going to be a singer or whatever. But it was like, no, that's not your purpose. Your purpose is to do storytelling. And I realized that in c coming out and talking more, like people, when they saw you be, when the people see you be yourself. They feel more comfortable at being themselves and revealing that. 100%. Mm -hmm. So that's how it kind of morphed from this fear of being myself into a fear of not being myself and not giving people the opportunity to see me so that they can see themselves, so they can be encouraged to do the same thing. You know, my fear, my fear is being so scared, which I often get. Um, scared mm. of like showing up to a thing and being less than imposter yeah. syndrome, all of that shit, that bullshit that the shadows of our minds make us think. You know, that's my battle. You know, that's always been my battle. And I'm very try to be as transparent as I can be about yeah. that because ultimately we want to show up for ourselves. But yeah. that's hard when society's telling you to be this, look like that. Talk like this, smell like that, uh, be this complexion. You know what I'm saying? There's so many messages that mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to like actualize yourself moment by moment. In those spaces too where yeah. that unique, you know, layer to who you are may not be in the spaces and where you yes. are out there to be there. So now yeah. you're like, maybe this is not normal. What's, it? what's normal. it? But I think it's very important that you talked about the three things as in one, having um, someone who accepted you for who you really was, which made you more comfortable in accepting yourself for who you really are at the core. Two, yeah. um, having that traumatic experience of seeing, you know, a sibling, a loved one mm. who, um, you know, unfortunately is not here with us today, but to know that life is 
you get one chance at this thing. So yeah. if you're gonna do it, do it. Yes, baby. <laughs> do it the way that yeah. you, you know, truly want to live it. Um, and three, being able to say, you know what, I'm gonna put this out there mm-hmm. and be okay with whatever, whatever comes to me from it because at this point in time, I can no longer be in between two worlds, right? It doesn't you know work. what I'm saying? It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so kudos to you. Um, and Thank kudos you. to God for continuing to put these angels in your life to let you mm. know that it's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that sometimes we, some people miss their, their signs, mm-hmm. you know, and like God will place signs in your life. And we, we can get so <laughs> caught up in the fear, yes. the worry, the anxiety. Absolutely. You can miss that. Like God is like, don't worry about it. Yeah. I yeah, got yeah. you. It's true. My it's hands true. are on you. Mm-hmm. I'm still covering you mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and that's what I love about the lesson. That's what I love about God and godliness and, and, and also defining what that means for you as an individual, because I think for me, what I had to unpack was this thing in my mind when I thought back to church and when I thought back to my mm-hmm. experiences and my exchanges of what God was to be, it yeah. was such a negative, horrible, scary thing that faced me when I thought about God in terms of the way that these people define God. Yeah, It was freaky. But as I got to know myself more and as I got to do this process and battle fear, it was like, yo, God is on the other side of that. Mm. God doesn't look the way that God was told to me or describe exactly god is not that god is every time when i see you and i experience this and i experience our connection to me that's god god is inside god is outside you know i may know but so much right right but together we know double the amount and to me that's a display of godliness how you can take something that's part and make it that much more expansive and knowledgeable yeah in a godly way so when i think about connection i'm like yo we all connected that's God. That's known the beginning from the end, all knowing, right? right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's a that's a real act of God. So how can I experience God if I don't experience myself for all of who I am? And all that he's made you to be. Exactly. So I wanted to yeah. also um you hit on a third point where you the fear of like showing up in rooms and not and having that imposter syndrome. Yo. That's such a hard thing to tackle now these days because Everything I feel like now is associated when it comes to you being in the room with your level of mm-hmm. social media clout. This is that's all I'm going to say. Like yep. your your following or your influence, and like there's a lot of people who are in the room that those numbers don't validate their level of talent and like what they're putting towards the culture and offering the culture. Yeah. And it just seems like sometimes we get in those spaces and it's like sometimes the same people in the room ain't getting, Uh, they not getting it moving. They not getting it done. That's why, you know, you're there to be, you're, you're in the room to be there, but it is so hard. It is. It is. Cause you're now trying to find your I don't want to say find your voice in that room, but you're trying to now understand why you're in that room Mm -hmm. and then where your voice is needed in that space. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that is always a hard, hard fear to overcome. But Mm -hmm. I say keep going in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Keep going in the room. Keep going in the room. Keep showing up and be present in the room. Yeah, And and it also forces us, right, to like, challenge yourself in that moment to just show up for yourself like that's the Mm. least that you can do you're here right so it's like a a, 
you can take it one way. You can let it over, overwhelm you. The fear can overwhelm you yeah. and make you shrink. Or you, can, or, or you can say, you know what? This exists, but guess what? I am here. I ha- Like you said, I have this perspective. And, and not only that, it's that you are here. The universe found it necessary for you to be here. So why would you relinquish your agency? Why would you give that up? Why wouldn't you just show up in the same way that you before wanted to move forward to encourage folks? Yeah. Like, encourage yourself. You got to... You it's, know what I'm saying? You gotta. It's a balance it's because you're like, yeah. I want to be this vessel to be the voice or to be that person to be supportive for other people, but it's like you gotta continue to be that vessel for yourself, and it's like, whew. yeah, you gotta find that balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of chat with you about understanding where you knew um, that your purpose lied in storytelling versus. Mm singing and the arts and so when when did you know that moment where you were like okay this is this is i love this but this is not my purpose oh yes um i was walking down shenanigan road in shenanigan city (laughs) because i was full of shenanigans okay (laughs) um (laughs) no i definitely remember it was around um maybe 23 24 years old Mm. And I was pursuing music. I was singing all the time, especially in New York, you know, like at the underground and going to like, you know, had like a a studio that we went to. I was in a group and we would record our songs there. We would rehearse. It was like consuming our lives. And at that particular time in my life, I was obsessed with perfection Mm. because that's one. That's a lesson that I got. Like if I was seemingly perfect with the secret of being gay, it was enough of a cover because I was so good at so many things Mm. that it'll be like, oh, he's the talented one as opposed to he's the gay one. You know what I mean? Like, I can get my Luther Vandross on as opposed to, you know, as opposed to, like, doing something else and being more, and not being talented or not having something to, like, go inside of the room before me. The actual me. You know, so, like, during that time, I was like, this perfection thing that I have is costing me my relationships Mm. because... Like, for example, my group members, I would be like, you know, we need to be doing this. We need to be doing that. We need to hit it. It's not good enough. We need to. Be... I was very much that. And but I noticed that they would have a lot of fun together. So they would go out. They would like right. spend a weekend, like going to the club. And like, I'm like, well, I, no one invited me. And I realized that in my attempt at hiding and like just basically trying to be a perfectionist, mm. um, just showing up a certain kind of way. I wasn't allowing people to be their authentic selves around me. Mm. So it began to be a breakdown at the perfectionist chip, yeah. which was a big tool of not realizing why you're on stage. Because you can't be a perfectionist and fully tell a story. Hmm. because there's a there's a there's a certain level of vulnerability that you need and yeah. vulnerability and perfection can't necessarily work in the same space true um you know it's a difference between beyonce of yesteryear being amazingly talented on stage and beyonce of now that you feel like you see yourself in a little bit more less robotic um yeah i think that people really resonate with her because of her excellence but then at the same time it's like now that she cusses now, right, that, she now know, that she's broke through this like broke through perfection. that oh, i'm a robot <laughs> people feel a little bit more you know like she's more accessible more touchable more relatable and i feel like i went through my own process of you know breaking down the walls a little bit and storytelling became like i have to tell you my story right like i can't just mm-hmm. hide 
behind all of the good lessons that I've learned or all of the good shit. It's like, nah, like I'm having a really rough moment right now. And here is the approach that I'm taking to moving through it. Do you have anything for me? We have a dialogue now. Now I'm not just preaching at you. Now I'm not just offering you my perfection. Yeah. I'm offering you pieces of me so you can offer me pieces of you. And that was a big thing for storytelling. That's when everything shifted. How has that impacted your, so you said it impacted your relationships. How has that impacted you getting or building with another person? Yeah. Um, being, remove, removing yourself from this perfectionist type of uh, approach and more of this like vulnerable I'm not saying laying out all the cars in the yeah, front, but yeah, this yeah. is who I am, yeah. and this is where I am at, and yeah. how have have people been able to receive that? Yeah. I think it's been dope as fuck, I gotta tell you. Like, letting that shit go and just being yourself, especially with people who do genuinely care about mm-hmm. you and want to care about you, will amplify your relationship. Mm. You know, for me, I have, like, a circle of friends who are amazing, amazing people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Circle is tight. The circle is right. You know what I mean? Tight like, and right. Hello. You know, I, you could tell your you could tell your your friend like, yo, I'm having these really really dark thoughts. I need to go to church. We going to church. Yo, I'm going through this time. My mom is having this experience. Yo, let's go see your mom. You know, anything. I cheated on my thing. Why you did that? You can't <laughs> right. do that kind of shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? Right. What do you do? Do you need a therapist? What's happening? Where's this all coming from? What 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 do next steps look like? You know, friends who will remind me of who I said I wanted to be and all of that kind of stuff was really impacted, I think, primarily by that decision to let some of the perfectionism go. Yeah. And expose more of myself. So, I mean, it, I would recommend to anybody suffering with perfectionism. Because <laughs> it's, it is, it's, it's, it's a, it could be a torturous experience. Mm-hmm. Is to, you know, shed a little bit of that and see, like, see some of the blessings flow in, you know, because yeah. it, it really does, it really did change my life. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of changing your life, you are now working on um, the YouTube hit series. Is like I like to talk, call it yes, hit series you. because it is a hit. Um, <laughs> the Grapevine TV, as well as your podcast, No Days Off. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of manifesting these mm. platforms to be where they're at today and what it requires? Yeah. Okay, and what it requires because people only see when you Yo. you pop it. They don't know the background. Okay. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> Yo, hard. First of all, hard work. But I'll, I'll take you back. I'm taking you to 2010. 2010. I left a job that I absolutely hated. I was working for a racist interior designer. Horrible, horrible woman. Mm. Left that job and I moved on to AOL, Huffington Post, that whole joint. Yes. Worked there. And I was making more money at a corporate job than I've ever made in my career. And I was miserable as fuck. Mm. I hated it. It was such a torturous experience. I used to I used to have like nightmares about like wow. missing a deadline or like missing an email. Like literally the office was like in creeping, cr- into, creeping into my dreams. Freddy like Cougar. click click crack of emails <laughs> of keyboards rather. It was crazy. And I remember at one point I was in a conference room at like 7 p.m. And a friend of mine came in and we were just talking about how much we hated our lives and how much we hated everything. And then something clicked that was very much like, yo, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're not doing anything. 
you're just here. You're working your nine to, to, to 10 joint that you chose to be at because of the money. But you're not working on what you want to do. Yeah. You're not in the studio. You're not writing music. You're not making any content. You're not writing. But you're talking all of this shit, making this money and buying whatever you're buying. Right. Right. So that came into my mind. I kind of pushed it to the side and was like, shut up. Don't do that. Don't do that right now. I need to make this money so that I can save my money so that I can buy all the things that I'm going to need so that I can make it pop. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you need money to make it pop. Right. So, Some coins. Some coins. So fast forward to 2000, I think 13 or 14, when I interviewed Miss Ashley Acuna for a role that I had open. And she was the bomb. I loved her. loved everything about her. I loved her hustle. I loved that I saw the hunger in her. I, she was a black woman who had the credentials. She had everything that I needed for this role. So I hired her and we hit it off. She, she, was go, she wanted to do a show called The Grapevine. I wanted to do a show called Apartment 17 at the time. I was trying to save up my money. And Akuna, her, basically, she was ready to go. Right. She was like, my shit is ready to go. I'm ready to go. I got my thing. She was she was working at it for a while. Yeah. And she invited me to come on and be a panelist on the show. So I came in, and we did, the, we did it. We had a really, really great time. And she was like, listen, you're great. I need you. I want you to be a producer on the show. And I was like, shit, a producer on the show? I've never produced a show. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and the reason why I said absolutely was because in an incredible, amazing way, I realized that actually having conversations with people did the same thing that I think I was always trying to get to with right. music, which was right. to actually get to people and let them know that this is what we're communicating in this story. So I realized that basically being on stage and singing and getting to that storytelling process and being able to talk to somebody directly across from you with a different point of view is also a very good exchange. It's always it's also a momentum. It's also a story. It's yeah. also it's also something that people can walk away and it can make them make a decision in their lives. And and when I when I recognized that, which was day one, on when being I, on the panel, yes, yeah. which was day one, I was like, "This is amazing!" Because it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do a panel, but a very a smaller panel, like four or five people for the show that I was working on. But the way that Ashley was able to bring so many people around the table and be able to moderate the conversation, I was just really impressed with the with that Ashley thing that she had. Mm. And I thought, in combination with the Ashley thing that she had, and with the way that she was bring be. Um, able to bring an Aisha and a Uchechi and a Mouse and a Carl. Yeah. And then, you know, I was like, this is genius. <laughs> yes. This is genius because these are different people from the quote-unquote same community with the quote-unquote same perspective and the quote-unquote the same demo. Hell no. We are all so different. So being able to be a part of a show, yeah. even from a production standpoint, the three of us are very different, Amanda, Ashley, and I. So we get a, we get something in our minds and or that's something that we have in a text message um, chain and we could be going at it like right. I don't agree with that no I agree with this whatever 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 and by the time we get to the show we knew all the potential that conversation had right. from our perspective you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. it was just like an amazing kind of like I know I want to do this and while you know it's it's been that first two years was exciting and then the third year was like all right we've been doing this for a minute yo like what's 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 happening like. <laughs> You know, these followers like really ain't growing, but we know that people want to have the conversation. We can tell it's there, but it was a combination of sacrifice, hard work, damn near wanting to quit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with a lot of pushback on something that we thought was amazing mm. and then getting a lot of 
celebratory things that we thought were like, who the fuck cares about Bruno Mars like that? Yeah. Like, you know, it was That was that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, was, it just had to be Bruno. Yeah, it just had to be that. <laughs> that's what the, that's what was required. That's what was needed to take us to the next place. But it was just really interesting because being here and showing up and being able to go around the globe and talk to people, yeah. black people, about these kinds of conversations now has been like a dream come true, a purpose, I would say manifested. Yeah. Moving outside of my mind to the real life of just being able to connect with people the same way that I wanted to do through singing. Yeah. I get to do through speaking and I get to do through singing, but now it's like it's one in the same and that is the process of hard work. It's a process of consistency and unfolding and getting and continuing to get to know yourself, like getting to know myself as a producer, right? Like uh, getting to know myself as a business owner, getting to know myself as Donovan, the entity and the energy in the in the universe, which is why No Days Off is something that just had to happen because it creates a safe space for us to talk about all the shit that we don't know what the hell is going <laughs> on. Okay, yeah, I feel stuck in the nineties. Like it was just like it's that thing of like always being perpetually stuck over and over and over again, mm-hmm. stuck in the memories of the nineties, stuck in the memories of when my daddy did this, stuck in the memories of when my mom did that or whatever. My boyfriend did this or my girlfriend did that. We needed a place to talk about that. So that's why I continued with the no days off journey, which yeah. was apartment 17, the panel style show manifested in a new way, Yeah, you know, making this shit happen. Cause the, the need is still there for us to talk through our deepest and darkest feelings and being able to kind of see it not as this cute little thing in the sky, but like, how do I make these changes day by day, actually in a pragmatic, physical, real way? So through the grapevine, I saw the need for No Days Off TV, and through No Days Off TV, I always see the need for the grapevine. It's like this exchange of just being wrapped up in like what it means to be like a black person and unfolding and being gay. And unlearning. and And unlearning. Unlearning, unlearning some of those things that we just unlearning how to stop ha- unlearning to hate yourself. Okay. Unlearning to that hate part. yourself. Yeah. 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 Unlearning. That. Unlearning how unlearning um to be a follower. Yeah, and unlearning these standards of what it is to be successful in society. Yeah. You know, because during our time when we were growing up, our parents, this was what it was. Yo. This is an entire different landscape when it yeah. comes to gener- generating revenue. Yeah. And being able to be define what success means to you. Yeah. Versus what success means to others. Absolutely. Because I think of one thing about unlearning in the process too is that, you know, not leaning so heavily on other people's opinions about the decisions that you're going to make in your life. Yeah. As long as you are okay with the decisions that you are making in your life, mm-hmm. that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times we care about other people's acceptance of yes. what we decide to do yeah. with our lives. Yeah. Um, that was hard. That's mm-hmm. hard to do, particularly in the community, yeah, in the black you, community. Because you have to critique certain things. And black folks... As a result of all of the bullshit that we've been through systemically, generation after generation, slavery, Jim Crow, you know, just being disconnected, the marketing campaign to separate black folks, like everything that we see day to day has taken us further and further, further away from ourselves. Yes. So you have to look at some point, you have to look at religion and look at that thing and be like, yo, how is this really helping me? Then you have to look at your standard of how you see success, like you just mentioned. How is that impacting your life? Is that really 
Is that really what you want? So you have to look at the framework of your life and decide like, yo, I have to knock some of these things down mm -hmm. just for my own happiness. Yeah. And in and, and that way, that's hard work to criticize your mom, to criticize your church, to criticize yourself. Yeah. You know, like it's moving past the blame thing and into the accountability space. Absolutely. Of self. Absolutely. That's a lot of it. So in talking about moving into the accountability space, what do you value mm -hmm. now in your life? No, I'm sure it's shifted over time, yeah. but currently what do you place value on in your life? Oh my gosh. I really, really value relationships, my personal relationships that I really, really cherish. I hold them near and dear in a way that's selfless. Mm. Um, and also learning to be willing for myself to speak up for myself. So if I need something from the person that I love, not to lay expectations on them, but to actually say what it is that I need yeah. so that they can be there for me and tell them that they can do the same thing so that I can be there, there for them. So I really, really nurture relationships. I play a, place a lot of value on that. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to my work, I would just say authenticity. Um, and, and, uh, and understanding that for me, it's not about the perfection. It's not about you know, wanting to seem a certain way for the cameras. Because on my show, sometimes I smoke weed before I start. <laughs> I might smoke weed right as we are pumping up to, to speak. Um, I curse like a sailor. Um, I, I love a great time, whatever that may be with my friends. You know, like, we ha we're regular people, but we're still on a journey, that duality. So I place a lot of value on, on authenticity. Yeah. Just getting people to understand that, like, I'm not perfect. So you can just be who you are in this moment with me. And I want to be able to show that in the stories. I want to be able to show that in the grapevine conversations um, and in no days off. You know, yeah. if you listen to that joint, you're going to hear us talk about a whole bunch of stuff that we're afraid of or that we want to move through and, and move past. And to me, those are the most valuable things. Life, yeah. you know, living, serving and all of that kind of shit, because that all of the other stuff I've learned is like momentary. It's like mo it's like you get happiness from it for a second. second, but like being able to pick up the phone and call your homie after you've had a month of not speaking with each other because you're traveling and working is priceless. Yes, give me the priceless shit. Priceless, okay. Yes. So. Yeah. Amen. So speaking of uh, Grapevine, No Days Off TV, what mm -hmm. you value. One of the things, so um, I had the pleasure of actually coming on set um, at the Great yes. and being on the panel and talking about a very interesting topic that I usually talk about this topic yes. uh, with all my guests, so we'll get into it, but um, the experience in general, right? Like, I was so in intimidated. I was so scared. Really? I was so scared because, oh you, know, you know, this is my You were great. First time having a seat at the table, mm -hmm. um, but also being able to hear so many intelligent black folk talk about their experiences, their perspectives, their, you know, viewpoints on things. And so, one, I was just so, and then I was so impressed by just, like, the production. Thank Ashley you. Ashley was like, okay, we're going to hold up let this person talk like <laughs> everything was just so polished i mean Thank kudos you. to y'all but one of the topics that you know hits our generation so much is dating yes. and i know that when 
we spoke earlier, I mean, when I read your bio, you were like, I'm still single as hell. And I'm kind of <laughs> like, how has dating, how has dating for you now been, given that you are building mm-hmm. this re- resume of so many um, successful platforms? And how do you use discernment to, <laughs> to <laughs> determine? Jesus, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Who's, who's here for a play and who's here to stay? Right, right. <laughs> Yo, I was just having this conversation. You see how hype we get up to talk about dating? You see how hype we get? But <laughs> because this shit is real, like, I was just having this conversation. Listen, I am a turnkey millennial, so I'm an older millennial. So for me, I remember life without the internet like dating definitely the internet was around okay i'm I'm not gonna lie but you still had you still made a decision to like maybe decide to use the internet um an app yeah Yeah. you know like (laughs) you you, like it wasn't easy right it wasn't until we got a little bit older like you know like in our early 20s and stuff like that wasn't like yo a lot of people are doing this now (laughs) you know so for me like to be in this space now and like actually have like a instagram following that's like a little bit more than quote unquote average is weird as fuck. I'm not gonna lie. Like you talked about discernment, and my thing is is like I wasn't necessarily making the transition mm. as this was happening. To me, I'm just like, I'm Donovan, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just like me. I'm just like chill from East New York, you know what I'm saying? Jamaican ass family, you know, I'm just trying to date. Now it's like, oh, he does this. Like he Oh, that's Donovan that, from Great And it's TV like, what are you no talking about? Weird, weird. <laughs> But I have realized that there are people who will try to slide in the DMs or which whatever that nothing happens, but <laughs> they definitely do try to like sell themselves as someone who may be interested in me. But there's that's not nah nah, Mm-mm-mm. and I'm gonna be keep it really real with you. I was just talking to somebody, and. The spirit told me. The spirit. <laughs> the discernment spirit told me. I was like, yo, like his Insta stories is updated every five seconds, yo. Like it's always like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But then like he hit me up one day and he was like, I, I didn't hear from you all day. Are you upset because my Insta stories were too flirty? I was like, yo, this is way. This can't be in my life. This is not no, my life. No, that's unnecessary anxiety. And it's not even that serious. First of all, I didn't even see that. It's Instagram. I didn't even see your... St- I don't know what you're talking about. Secondly, maybe I saw it, but I didn't read it that way, which is like, maybe you're feeling guilty. Third of all, it's like, well, well, we're dating. You don't owe me anything. But it was definitely a red flag. Mm. And then, like, later on, I noticed that when I had, like, you know, my jaw... If I sound a little weird. It's because my jaw I had, like, stitches done because I had to do, like, a little surgery, whatever. I didn't hear from him for the whole day. Mm. I heard from you all the other times. I didn't hear from you when it was ac- it would actually be appropriate to hear from you. And then I heard from him like... Another sign. Another sign. Because if you can't support me when I actually need you, when it's, when it's not to be on set, when it's not to like come to an event, when it's not to be seen, mm. when I need you, I don't really hear from you. So I was like, okay, well, you know, thank you so much for your time. But uh, this job is not for you. Uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't it. So it's been like a really interesting journey. I mean, I've been single for a minute, you know? So like now it's like this is a whole other layer of foolishry and shenanigansry that I did not know would show its face. Like, I wasn't prepared because to be honest with you, like, 
Instagram is great. Shout out to Instagram and how it's able to help us all build our careers and our right. platforms. But I honestly really do not take it that seriously. I do not go on there to look for. I see I see cute folks. I'll hit you. Up. I mean, I did my cute my cute likable good 20 30 minutes this morning i was like a whole bunch of cute ass but i was like y'all cute chocolate drops y'all cute or whatever but i don't genuinely and generally spend too much time i like reprimand myself so i just don't take it that seriously yeah so like this whole you're on a show you're you're popping all that kind of stuff is just like fuck that like i'm not really too interested in how you see my see me in that moment because that's only a little sliver there's a whole <laughs> other part to me that you may not like. Right. You may not like it. I don't like to cook things. <laughs> What's good? You know what I'm saying? I don't like I don't like to do laundry. What's good? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like it's just such a it's such Anyway, when you ask about discernment, I think I'm getting better and better because now it's like I'm realizing like what's actually happening. There was right. a moment when I didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. But now I realize. Now I see the able, light. Now you're able to call out the red flag sooner mm-hmm. rather I than later. I see it. I see you. Similar. Like I haven't dated or yeah, I haven't dated in like a minute. And I did that because I was like, and it was less about the gram or anything like that. And it was more about like, stop wasting my time. My time yes. is very precious to me. And people don't understand what goes into, like, the makeup, the hair, the outfit, the, all of this to show up for you on this day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for you to... Waste my time. Waste my time. Like, Jesus. when I could have been in my bed... Jesus. Okay, doing something else. Okay. So Listen, I'm just like... I feel you. The effort and energy, like, young. Yo. I'm out here like, you got to be doing a lot. Like, you have to literally move me for me to be like, wow, I need to go out with this yes, person. Yes, yes. Because before I was just like, oh, I'm bored. Yeah, Let let's go. go out. We could go. We, <laughs> we could go. go. I'm kind of bored. I want to go out anyway. No. Nah. Nah. Hell to the no. And I'm going to tell you the same thing. Like, for me, it's the, it's the monotonous uh, kind of thing that you have to go through whenever you date of like, so how's your family? What's your family? Where are you from? What's your favorite color? What's your pet peeves? What are your what are your uh, non negotiable? I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> of having these fucking conversations. You know what I'm saying? Date one. So who are you? Folks be like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like. It's just that also is like something like with the dating experience that it's like, I don't have the time to roll around with you in this never ending, you know, pit of great. We ain't never going to. We don't greatness. know if it's black or white. We just in the middle. Murky waters. Can't oh, see. <laughs> you can't. Going with the flow. We're not flowing. We are stuck. We're not flowing. We are in st- We are treading in place, bruh. Yes. I like, can't. Nah. Mm-hmm. So I'll be damned if I'm going to waste my time. Okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel you on that. Because we got checks to collect and places to be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, listen, you can keep giving in that way. You can continue to see your energy be multiplied in that way. But all of these, like, <laughs> dates because <laughs> folks are not being honest and not keeping it real, like, not showing up. They, they, We show up with representatives. I don't do that. I'm done. <laughs> No more representatives. I ask my question straight shooter. Yeah. I like to have a good time. If I don't see you, like, can you rock? Like, I like to have a good time. time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will have my good time by myself on the date. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you got to show up and ask the right questions, too. Because yeah. that was the other thing. I'm kind of like, I'm not afraid to be like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. What are your intentions? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, who are you? Where are you at right now in your life? Yes. With, with just anything that you're yes. striving for. Because at this point, it's like, I don't really know you, so I don't feel, why am I afraid to ask you honest questions? Exactly. Because I'm afraid I'm going to lose you, but I don't know you. Right? What am I? What am I lose? What am I going to lose? Lose an opportunity to not know who the fuck you're dating. Ask these motherfuckers okay. these questions. And if they don't answer, they not for you. Peace out. Peace out. That's it. Peace out. Right there. Well, <laughs> and, and on that, note, um, I usually like to wrap up the conversation and ask my guests, like, what are your Three guiding principles to living mm. a fearless life. Oh my gosh. Woo, that's a really, really great question. So I would say the first thing for me is to ask questions. So one of my guiding principles is curiosity. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a part of what I'm writing in the book. Yeah. It's about curiosity. Curiosity is something that I believe will save your life. When you ask questions, starting with yourself. So for me, it's a guiding principle of like, Don, why do you feel this way? Mm-hmm. Why is your heart racing right now? Why don't you want to go? Mm-hmm. What's intimidating you? These questions of why will generate an answer. Mm-hmm. And generating an answer gives you knowledge. And to me, that is intellect. Like, I didn't graduate from college. Mm-hmm. I left. I hated the experience. I was studying psychology and sociology, majoring in sociology. And I I could have. I could have stayed. But I decided to leave and pack my bags and go and sing. Yeah. Because I did not see blackness in the curriculum. I did not see myself in the curriculum. I felt like I was always going to fight. Everything was a philosophy class. And I was like, my why wasn't respected. And I had to leave. Yeah. And... For me now, I realize that through whys, that's how we connect. Through mm-hmm. hows, that's how we learn more. So that's the first thing. The, the second thing that I would say is a guiding principle is hard work. That lesson of moving from being the talented person to being somebody who's actually seeing their dreams come true mm-hmm. was amplified by hard work. Not a hard work for a moment, but consistent hard work. Mm. So that's been really, really, really instrumental in my life is just hard work, keep going at it, keep going. It's been five years of the grapevine. It's been maybe like seven years of seeing Apartment 17 become No Days Off. And it's finally gotten to a place where it actually works and it's doing what I wanted it to do. Yeah. So hard work and consistency. And I would say the last thing is probably should have been the first thing. But it's accountability. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a huge principle, and I think that it should be a principle for everybody. Um, if you can really get to the space of not living in the past, because the past allows you to blame something for your present, mm. but rather seeing the past for what it is and using it to inform a better decision making process for your present, mm. so that you can create the future that you want. That all starts with accountability because as we continue to navigate our lives and blame people there or blame people here, we never gain ownership. And if you have other people pulling the strings for your life, how can you actually realize the practice of curiosity? 
you know, of actually exploring yourself? How can you actually realize hard work when you've never done the hard work on yourself Self. first mm-hmm. by taking accountability? So those are the three things. And um, if you start there, it unlocks a lot of the other parts of your life and other principles that you need to, to move forward. So. And be fearless. Boom, and be Amen. fearless. Amen. Hey, hey. Well, I usually like, first, I usually um, like to close out the episode and thank you my guests so much for coming on i know y'all are busy you know y'all global now y'all flying <laughs> it's my pleasure i'm so okay. happy to be here Thank so you i'm guys. happy that you were able to come on this show um i usually like to end off the podcast with a quote that ties to my guest's fear mm-hmm. i hope this one does justice mm-hmm. to what we just discussed so let's see i'm gonna put it on here mm-hmm. mark twain once said the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Now you know that's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. See? One of you? my favorite quotes. And it was perfect. It was perfect. 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 Yes. Awesome. Well, guys, I'm wishing you nothing but love, light, and many of blessings. I hope this conversation inspires you as you go on in your weekend. Um, it's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we out.